0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Podding the Red Sox, Pod RedSox.com podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Campbell. Today, happy to be joined by uh, a very special guest, someone making his highly anticipated Podding the Red Sox debut and Red Sox pitching prospect, Brandon Walter. Uh, Brandon, thank you for joining me today. I mean, it's only November, but uh, how's your offseason going so far?
1: No problem. First of all, thanks for having me. Yeah, all season's been kind of short so far because we had the instructional league. That was about two weeks long. So I've been home from that for about two weeks. So it's been pretty short. It's been fun, though, getting into training, seeing the people I haven't seen the whole summer. Um, Yeah, it's been a good time.
0: So in 2021, Brandon, you know, you kind of burst onto the sand a little bit, the prospect scene, I should say. So uh, what would you say? uh, I mean, first off, would you agree with that statement?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. I mean, I never... In twenty nineteen when I was drafted, obviously didn't get this kind of publicity and attention even from my own team or teammates or you know, media and everything that I've kind of gotten this year. So yeah, it's been kind of crazy.
0: And so what would you attribute to the success you enjoyed you enjoyed this season?
1: Um, definitely a lot of different factors. Um probably wanting to get to everything, but I mean the the, the place I trained in the offseason, we had the COVID year, obviously missed from spring training of 2020 all the way to spring training of 2021 that's a big that's it that's a full year off to train and the place I train is called Titus Sports Academy in Delaware it's it's the I mean it's as good as you're going to get so I mean I got to give those guys a lot of credit kind of got to rest a little bit take a like step away from actually playing baseball and put that time into making myself a better athlete make sure my arms healthy um tried to eat better obviously that's good nutrition all that helps with athleticism and everything. So, I mean, there's a lot of things I could say. I mean, I, I could keep the list going, but there's a lot.
0: Uh, where were you last year exactly uh, where, when the COVID shutdown happened in like early March, I believe it was?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, it, was, it was weird how it happened because we were, we were all in spring training and they just abruptly called a team meeting, sent us home. We had fall out flights the next day. We all thought the world was ending. We didn't know what was going on. So I just went home to Delaware where I'm from stay here, which we they when they sent us home, they th- thought it was gonna be two weeks or whatever, two weeks to a month. And they it ended up being a full year, probably longer than a year actually. But um yeah, it was weird. Definitely a weird time. Uh, did you fly home or drive home? I flew home uh. from to Delaware, yep. No, I was just talking to
0: Tyler Dearden recently and he said he drove all the way home from Florida to Fort Myers to New Jersey. So I
1: know if you were in that same boat. No, I'd luckily I didn't that would have been tough. But, uh, yeah I mean we're me and him are from the same kind of the same area, so that would have been the same same distance there
0: uh was there anything specifically you worked on during that long layoff that you can attribute to like uh more specifically like the velocity jump you had this year
1: oh absolutely I mean that the velocity jump was kind of the thing I wanted to wanted to get to um before I was kind of I'm sure you know I mean I was kind of the high 80s touch of 90 low 90s maybe and with the way baseball's going. I mean, it's just everybody's throwing hard and I feel, I feel like that's how you have success is with the velocity. I mean, that's not the only way to success, but velocity plays a big part in that and, and it's going to get you a lot of opportunities even if you don't have the success. So that whole time I was trying to put on weight, I put on 15 pounds and that, I mean, that was big to getting that velocity which kind of changed my whole season pretty much.
0: In addition to your fastball, uh, how would you describe the rest of your pitch
1: arsenal? Um, So before I before the velocity jump, I mean the reason I was in professional baseball was for my, my off speed pitches. And I mean they were pretty good. Um with the velocity jump, I think they actually got better. So my slider, my changeup are my two go-to off-speeds. Um I think I have a pretty good feel for them. They're pretty good. Had some success this year with them for sure.
0: And as a left-handed pitcher, uh, how do you go about attacking left-handed hitters versus right-handed hitters?
1: Um, it's a little, I mean, it is a little different. I try I try to keep every pitch in the mix to both. Um, I know early on, this, I, I made a big change this season, throwing, start throwing change-ups to lefties, which is something I never really did before. Before, I was kind of just fastball slider, tried to make them uncomfortable in that way, and then adding the change-up into the arsenal there kind of really opened things up. And then the right-handed hitters, I've always kind of had a... I try to get an even mix between my three pitches, try to keep them off balance with the change-up and set up fastballs late, so... It's a little bit of a different approach, but all three pitches try to keep them all in the keep the hitters thinking about all three at all times
0: is there any other way you've changed since undergoing uh, Tommy John surgery when you were in college
1: um yeah I mean I, my delivery is a little different I used to be real long and kind of long I shortened up the, the arm path a little bit um I didn't really try to do that it's just kind of came back natural I think that's come along with being a little more athletic just knowing how to use my body a little bit better so
0: you went to the University of Delaware right speaking of college Yes. So, from my knowledge, it's not a big baseball school, but looking at the list of guys who went there, I can see that uh, you follow Chad Cool on Instagram. So, is he someone you've been uh, able to connect with and uh, seek out wisdom from since you were drafted a few years ago?
1: Um, To be honest, I really haven't talked to him. I do know him. I'm kind of close with him. But uh, I haven't talked to him much lately. My first year getting drafted, I remember I I actually saw him down in Bradenton when they're at their – spring training facility because he was there rehabbing his, his, uh, he had Tommy John too, but I got to know him in college. He trains there in the off season. He'd always be around the guys. He talked to us. He's, he's a good dude. He's from the area too. So he's, he's also born in Delaware.
0: And, uh, speaking of the draft, uh, what was that process like from your end in 2019?
1: Um, uh, it was kind of interesting. Cause I was, the, that was the year I was coming off my surgery. So, you know, going in like my first, my freshman, sophomore year, I kind of like, I, I had good years, um, I was actually getting some. I was like talking to scouts there my sophomore year. With the injury, it kind of stopped. So that whole junior year that I missed, I didn't really have much contact with anybody. And then going into senior year, I kind of just didn't know. i just. I was like, I'm just going to play this, whatever. I'm going to do what I can. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Whatever. Luckily, the velo came back, and like I said, I wasn't throwing crazy hard. Not wasn't mid 90s then. I was more high 80s, touching 90, 91. Um but I was able to have some success, strike out a lot of guys, limit walks. So, I mean, I I did end up getting picked. It was a weird process going into it. I really didn't know where I was going to get picked. I could have gone 10th round or not picked at all. So it was kind of nerve wracking, but it ended up working out. Going with the Red Sox, it seems like a good fit for me.
0: And uh, how much of a relationship did you build with uh, Reed Gragnati, like either during your underclass years or your senior year?
1: It's weird because I really didn't talk to him too much during the whole draft process. I, I've gotten to know him a lot more since because now he's a, uh, he's one of the hitting coordinators and he bounces around to the team. So he, I saw him a lot in Greenville, saw him in Salem. He's a good dude. Me and him we've gotten pretty close. We, we talk, we talk here and there.
0: Uh, what do you think his progress from going from a scout to an instructor? Is that like something that stands out to you at all?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't really know how that process works. That's kind of higher up than me, but good for him. I mean, it seems like he's doing what he wants to do and that. He's good at it. I know, I know I've talked to the hitters. I mean, he he knows what he's talking about. And he helps those guys a lot.
0: So in 2019, I see you, uh, you only spent the year in the, the Gulf Coast League. I imagine that had to do with your Tommy John recovery.
1: I think so. I mean, I, I definitely was being limited there. And the uh, – because, I mean, I threw a ton in that senior year of college and then rolling right into the, to the uh, short season there, I was kind of getting limited. I was used out of the pen. Um, but like I said, I mean, I was a 26-round picket. I didn't have the same uh role I had this year at the was end it, there.
0: Yeah, was there any part of you that wants to go to Lowell after getting drafted or like you just not care?
1: Um, absolutely. I mean, the, I don't know if you what you know about the GCL, but it's not it's not the best for the players. I mean, it's tough. You're playing in day games in Florida in the middle of the summer. I mean, it's it's not fun. It's fun because it's professional baseball and you're still playing baseball, but it's not it's not anything compared to affiliate ball where you're playing at night of fans it's different I have a little bit of a grind
0: fast <laughs> forward this season you began the air with in salem's bullpen before making your first start right. for them in june so what went into that transition from reliever to starter
1: um it was kind of weird for me because coming in i'd coming into spring training i was really just trying to make a team i didn't know kind of what my role would be they, i mean they told me i'd be in the pen somewhere if if i did make a team which is crazy to think about now but but yeah, I mean, I started off in the bullpen in Salem, kind of worked my way into a closer role there, kind of throwing important innings, one one or two innings at a time. And then eventually it switched to, I was throwing three innings at a time, kind of like in the middle of the game, piggyback starts. And then I got a start, they gave me a spot start in Salem, did well. I think I had like nine strikeouts in four innings. Had another start in Salem, did well again, and then immediately jumped to Greenville and was kind of thrown into that rotation. So it was kind of crazy how it worked out. Didn't really plan on making – obviously, in the beginning of the season, they're not saying you're going to be a starter at the end. Like, I, I was just trying to be the best reliever I could be and then the best long reliever I could be and then the best starter I could be once they made that switch. But looking back at it, it's kind of wild the way it went. So did
0: it come as a surprise to you when you got that promotion considering it only came like a few weeks after you were moved into a starting role?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a surprise. Like I, I was throwing so well that I knew I probably should make the move in some fashion. I didn't know if it was going to be as a starter or as a reliever because I was just kind of getting those spot starts. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of it did kind of happen fast. Just the quick jump to starter and the promotion up. I mean, it was a little weird, but I think I adjusted well. Took a little bit, but I got into a good groove there
0: what'd you think of the stadiums in Salem and Greenville? Like, could you know, well, it's interesting because one used to be the high A, one used to be the low A, and then this year yeah. they kind of flip-flop. So, I, can you tell the difference there?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Salem's more of like a, like a country town. Like, it's like in the middle of the mountains. I mean, Greenville's way different. Greenville's kind of like an up-and-coming city. Like, the stadium's right in the middle of the city. It, I mean, Greenville's a really cool setup. I mean, it's right in the middle of the city. There's Buildings in the background. It's like a replica of Fenway Park. It's pretty cool. Stadiums get get sold out a lot, especially on the weekends. Fans are really into it. It's a good time there.
0: And with Greenville, you walk just like less than 6% of the batters you faced this season. So uh, how challenging was that to do or is that to do? And do you anticipate uh, limiting walks will get more challenging as you uh, continue to advance through the minor league levels?
1: Right. I mean, for me, my mindset is just to kind of challenge hitters overall i mean I, I know like my coach uh, bob kipper the pitching coach in greenville he uh he kind of laid it out to me he just like told me my ball it has a lot of movement side to side so i i just pretty much try to throw everything middle and just let it and let it work i mean that that kind of helps me because i'm i'm ahead in more counts and i can just kind of go right at hitters so that wasn't really too difficult for me cuz i'm i like i said i'm trying to throw it right down the middle pretty much and then, yeah, as, as you go up and obviously the, the hitters are a little more disciplined, they're not going to chase balls out of the zone as much. So it does get more challenging to not walk guys and strike more guys out and, and get those swings and misses. But I mean, it's still, if you're trying to throw the ball in the zone, it still strikes. So.
0: Uh, when you got promoted, could you like immediately notice that difference in the difficulty of the hitter or like was it was a little more different because this was kind of like a reset year for a lot of minor leaguers.
1: Right. I mean, it was, I did notice a difference in the low. It, it's probably just – there's just more good hitters in each lineup. That's not, that, that's probably the biggest difference. When you go – each level you go up, there's – in Salem, and low A, there's probably two or three good hitters in the middle of the lineup that are good. And then when you go to the high A, there's probably four or five. And then double A, I'm assuming there's six or seven. And obviously, in the major leagues, there's, everyone's good. You can't take anybody for granted. So, a little bit – you can kind of see that jump a little bit at a time as you go up. And
0: uh, when you when you were in Salem, who amongst your teammates stood out to you? Would that be like a position player, like uh, Matthew Lugo, or like a pitcher, like Shane or anyone like
1: that? Um, yeah, I mean those guys were great. Obviously, they're young too. Um, Nick York, I started with him, and he ended up going up to Greenville. That he's he's the real deal. He's good. Um, let's see, in Salem, I mean, the most of the guys I was around was the bullpen guys because that's the bulk of my time there. I was in the bullpen. Uh. Devin Rudolph, and let's see, Cody Scroggins was with me there. Um, Casey Cobb, Casey Cobb, yep, he he ended up with me in Greenville too. Yeah, I mean those guys are all good. They're uh, great teammates. We had a good connection there in in the bullpen and sale, and it was it was a good time.
0: And then Greenville, besides the guy you've already you've already mentioned, what about other, some others like uh, Jay Groom or Chase uh, guy, for yeah. instance?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean those guys are great. Uh, like I said. In, Greenville, I was kind of – I was the starter the whole time, so probably got to know the other starting pitchers the best. So, I mean, Chris Murphy, Jay Groom, Brian Van Bell, Chase Shugart, um, even Dylan Spakey was in there starting for a little bit. So, I mean, those guys – all those guys are great. The whole pending staff there is great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that probably formed the best connection with those starters. You're just sitting in the bullpen – or not the bullpen. They're sitting in the dugout the whole game talking to them. So, you learn a lot from each other.
0: Back in August – when you were in Greenville, uh, I don't know if you pay attention to, like, baseball media and stuff, but Fangraph's writer, Eric Longenhagen compared you to another left-hander and raised left-hander, Ryan Yarbrough. So I was wondering mm-hmm. if you were made aware of that at all and uh, how, what do you make of
1: that comparison in general. I I did not know that comparison, but, I, I mean, I can see it. I, I, I do know a little bit about him. He's kind of a lefty sinker baller, kind of like me, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't really know too much about him. Uh, I can see that comparison. I've also heard the, the Fleming one, too. I mean, he's pretty much – they're pretty much similar, too. So, just lefty sinker ballers. And uh, I remember – I mean, we talked a little bit before
0: through uh, Instagram DMs, and you mentioned you were going to be at Fallen Strokes. Like, you actually just said that when we started. Right. But uh, what was that like this year, coming off the uh, first minor league season in two years?
1: It was – I mean, I, I thought it went well. I mean, it was different different than what I expected. I thought we were gonna maybe face some hitters or something. It was pretty light on the throwing, which is probably good for everybody's arm. I mean after a full season after not playing last year, I mean everybody's arm's kind of wearing down. I felt pretty good physically, but I mean it was probably good to kind of tone it back. We we were on the mound twice, just throwing some light bullpens and stuff. It was it was a lot of inform they gave us a lot of information that I think is helpful. I mean you know baseball's going big into in analytics and movement patterns on your ball pitch tunneling how your body moves all this stuff and that I mean I think the instructs was big to kind of teach us those things so that we know that what we're doing there's a reason behind it and I mean I, I, I liked it I enjoyed it I thought I learned a lot they gave us some some things that we should work on based on kind of those analytics and stuff so I, I liked it I, I enjoyed it and I think I learned a lot. But like from an actual
0: baseball standpoint, was it like maybe a little more laid back? Because like last year, I heard a ton about the fallen trucks the Red Sox had this year. Not so much.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was very laid back because we didn't we didn't do any kind of like competing with hitters or games or we didn't even do live at bats at all. So it was kind of just like very it was very individualized. So each person's kind of just learning what they can do to become a better pitcher i I'm just. I honestly didn't even see the hitters there. We we see them in the locker room, but we didn't like do anything with them. They were kind of on their own. Um, the pitcher side. I mean, it was just an individual plan, kind of for the off season and going into next year, just kind of what we can do to better ourselves and better our arsenal and how to move our body better and kind of treat our arm a little bit better. So, it was pretty good. It was. It was definitely laid back, though.
0: Uh, was there any discussions about winter league ball for you there? Or is that something that uh, like you were uh, I mean, not against, just like weren't really presented with the opportunity to go to? Right.
1: Right. I mean, I'm, yeah, there was opportunities for me to go play winter ball, but I just, for myself, I kind of wanted to break just from, from kind of what I said earlier. I, like I didn't pitch at all in 2020 and not, none of us did unless you were at the outside or, at the the instructs thing last year. But I mean, I just kind of wanted to take the break just because this was my this I mean, I'm a little older, but this was my first full professional season. So I kind of wanted that break, get back into training, get back into the things I was doing last offseason that got me ready for this year and just kind of get after it.
0: Now that the offseason is just about in full swing since so the World Series ended yesterday. Uh, what's your plans for the winter look like?
1: Um, I'll I'll stay here in Delaware, I'll train at the same place. Um try to get on the same schedule i was on last year because that seemed to work for me got me in good shape ready for spring training and then just kind of be on call for whenever spring training starts be ready to go
0: uh have you thought about any sort of goals you'd like to set for the 2022 season and uh where you'd like to begin the season if possible
1: yeah i mean i'm, I'm definitely trying to make the make portland's roster hopefully in the rotation that's that's where i'd like to start the, this season um Let's see, goals for this year. I mean, I, I haven't really had specific goals, like stat-wise. I try not to do that just because it's it's there's so many variables that can go into that. I'm just trying to get my body ready, as ready as I can be for spring training and try to push to get into that Portland rotation.
0: And uh, last question for me. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but since you were drafted in the 26th round, I mean, not a lot of guys there make it to the major. So how much would it mean to you to make it that way someday?
1: Absolutely. I, that, that would be on the back of my mind once I debuted, is just kind of where I came from. Even coming from Delaware, it's such a small state, small school, late round pick, didn't get a lot of money. I mean, it, it, that'll all, and I feel like it makes it a little bit more special if that were to happen.
0: Uh, does it mean more to you that like the Red Sox have kind of focused more on player development over the last few years since Hein Bloom has taken over? Like, is yeah. he someone you've communicated with at all or anyone in the player development staff like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've communicated with him a little bit, but mainly just the, like the, we kind of split it up into the, the pitching side of things. And I, I think the changes that I saw from 2019 to this year were, were, were massive. I mean, the, I I am a believer in the analytics and diving into all that stuff. And I, I the access they give us and the information they give us this year compared to 2019 is, is a huge difference. And I think it played a big difference for me specifically just because like I said, you learn how to when you know which pitches you should be throwing where. It makes life a lot easier for pitchers instead of just guessing.
0: Is that through like TrackMan or is there other stuff they use too?
1: Yeah, I mean mainly TrackMan, I and mean, they they give us the reports every game after we're done throwing. I mean, with the velos and how much the ball's moving, and if something if something's off the norm, then you know. Instead of before, where it's kind of like oh, it felt normal, but really the numbers show it's not normal. They're like, So what do we have to do to get back to this spot? So, I mean, it just makes it easier to kind of get those problems out of the way, work on what you got to work on in between starts and get ready for the next game.
0: All right. Well, Brandon, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, you can follow Brandon on Twitter and on Instagram at B underscore Walt uh, underscore. Did I get that right?
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah,
0: he did. Uh, is there anything else you want to plug before we go?
1: no that's good thank you for having
0: me yeah no problem have a good one
1: you too appreciate it